From beautiful, sunny San Diego, California, this is the Hatching Results Podcast, where we share school counselor experiences using data to improve programs, practices, and the profession of school counseling for the students we serve. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. My name is Trish Hatch, and it's time to talk about all things school counseling. Now, let's get started. Hey, Felipe, how are you this happy new year? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? I'm awesome. You know, as a new year begins, I know lots of us have ideas for New Year's resolutions. Do you have one, Felipe? Well, I do. Believe it or not, my New Year's resolution is to ramp again. Again? Yes, because I've actually moved schools this year. It's one of the things that you have to make sure that you're constantly practicing your craft and you're making sure that that system, that new system is in place so that all the ki- all the children are successful. So I will be ramping again this year. So how long were you at your other school? I was there for about four years. And you just got your ramp? I did. And you got ramp with distinction nationally? I did. And then you left? Yep. The- yes. This is what happens when people do really well. The d- central office said, hey, go to a new school. That's exactly what happens. The office contacted me and said, we need you to do that at another school. So there I am, and I'm really excited to be able to do it at my new school, Cole Canyon. I have absolutely no doubt that you would do it quite well, Felipe. You've become quite the expert at it. And in fact, for those of you who don't know, Felipe helps out many folks at Hatchy Results with their ramp application, serving as a consultant. It's a really fun job to do, and I love to be able to help school counselors all across the country with their ramp, ramp stuff. So that leans quite well into today's podcast. I'm so excited to be able to talk about our Advocate of the Year, Rebecca Pianta, and I'll let that story unravel a little bit as it goes. But before we begin talking to Rebecca, first we're going to talk to Kathy Peltzer, who nominated Rebecca and who's a dear friend and colleague I've known for many years. So without any further ado, Kathy Peltzer. I'm so excited today to speak to my dear friend and colleague, Kathy Peltzer. Kathy and I have known each other. How long, Kathy? Oh, my goodness. This goes way back, early 2000s. So, Kathy, would you please tell our wonderful audience here at the Hatching Results Podcast a little bit about yourself, your history within the profession, and the ways in which we might have known each other? Uh, so I started in school counseling in 19, uh, let's see, 2000, or so. I had been a teacher prior to that, loved counseling as a profession, and had just a wonderful time uh, in Arcadia. So I was there for 20 years or so. But during that time, we met because I got involved in CAF. Mm-hmm. And I was very involved in the leadership aspects of this profession and wanting to move school counseling forward in the state. You uh, encouraged me to run for a Southern California area rep and then into the presidency and past president and so on and so forth. And then I did receive the CASC Counselor of the Year Award a couple years back. And then I moved to Orange County. And in Orange County, I met Rebecca in 2015. So, Kathy, those were the good old days, and you and I had known each other a long time. And what was really cool when you yeah. came to, to San Juan Capistrano District is that you were able to uh, take on a role within those high school systems and bring some of the things you'd learned from your other district as well. 
And I remember when you first worked there, you were telling me about this passionate advocate that you were working with. And today we're gonna to be interviewing her, uh, Rebecca Pianta. And what I wanted to know before we introduced her was uh, what led you to nominate her? Because Rebecca has been uh, awarded the Advocate of the Year for CASC, which is the California Association of School Counselors. And that grew out of you nominating her for the County Award. So we wanted to know a little bit about why is it that you decided to nominate Rebecca? What did she uh, bring or how did she inspire you to consider that nomination? So I, I just see Rebecca as um, having all of the right stuff to enact systemic change in her district. And when we met, it was very clear that she had that because I had spent some years in leadership positions and she was very passionate from day one about bringing school counseling services, bringing the whole profession of school counseling to the forefront, educating individuals in this district about the power, the work that school counselors do, what they can do for kids. Some years ago in the Capistrano Unified School District, they fired all the counselors. They got rid of them all. And it was just because of money issues. But as we all know, when it comes to budget cuts in districts, counselors have been on the chopping block many, many, many times. Absolutely. So when I got into um, Capistrano, this was in 2015, the district hired that year 30 counselors. Now, what that did was it put one more counselor at every high school. And there are six high school, comprehensive high schools. So where there was one counselor, now there were two, which brought the ratios to something like 1,200 per counselor, per student. Okay, so we're going to pause there, and we're going to say that again, <laughs> because we know yeah. what our recommended national ratio is, which is yeah. 250 to 1. 250. And, right, yeah. and what was the ratio again in San Juan Capistrano? 1,200 or even higher to 1. This was just the beginning. This was 2015 this was the beginning, and at that time, Rebecca was moved to the district office, and she was given the title as lead counselor, and this is what she did. Now, I'm going to just, I need to just emphasize this. She got into that district office. She was in charge of training all these new counselors, developing all these programs. She knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to bring the national model to Capistrano Unified. And she trained all of us on the national model. Uh, she brought in some excellent individuals in the field, yourself included. So she had to navigate all of this with a group of with a, you know with with a group of administrators that didn't really know what school counselors did and what they could do. They looked at us as just social emotional. But Rebecca knew that we were going to make sure that as we developed our programs, that we were going to be known as school counselors, and we would be working with all students, and we would target students, and we would have all tiers at our different, you know, at the schools. We would have school-wide programs. It was a big undertaking. But this is where I thought that she did a fabulous job. She divided us into different groups. She developed a um, advisory council. So she really followed the model mm -hmm. in training us 
at the, at her level, mm-hmm. she followed the model of getting our input by having surveys, making sure that every school was using data to inform their program. We're reporting out. So it sounds like she didn't allow the ratio to get in the way of implementing the model. She did not. She did not. A couple years in, she wanted to know who would like to just try this crazy thing to implement the RAMP program, the national model, in their schools. And there were five schools that raised their hand, and I was at one of them, and I thought, you know, this is this is, I want to do this before I die. You know, I want to, I want to get this going at the school. I want to leave something. And I, I think that these kids need it. When you think about her role and what she was able to do at yeah. the central office, what was, what were the main components of your nomination that you would like to say could serve as mm. advice for others who are in that central office role? I saw her bring school counselors to board meetings to speak about their work and to uh, show their results. Mm. She, I saw her, um, you know, bring on the very best that uh, training and, and, and staff development for the school counselors. I heard her, uh, she was vocal, um, but she was also, she had to know her audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us wanted her to go faster some of them, you know, some of the counselors didn't want her to even go there, but mm-hmm. she she made friends. Um, she opened doors. She brought us. She brought a lot of counselors in to speak to different leadership groups at the district level. Um, she put on a, a full day program for the community, so for the parents. And, you know, to bring them in to show them what we're doing at our schools. So it sounds as though she was educating, training, communicating, marketing, and promoting the profession instead of complaining that we didn't have what we want. She was showing what could be. She showed what could be. Definitely promoting school counseling in every way with every group, Um, looking at whomever could be a stakeholder that would see that this was important, and then they would then become an advocate for us as well. So, Kathy, Um, I want to take a moment to first and foremost thank you for nominating her. There are many people who are leading this work in their districts who go unrecognized and unappreciated. And what's Mm -hmm. beautiful about what Mm -hmm. you did is that you recognized a leader and you were able to nominate her in a way that now her story can be told, so can your story be told. And her mm-hmm. role as an advocate can continue in a much larger capacity. And the stories that she's going to tell us about what happened with those ramps is something I'm going to let her share when we interview her next. But I want to take yeah. a moment to give you an opportunity to give one final word of advice to our audience. And then I'm going to thank you and bring on our star advocate of the year. <laughs> I would say to all those school counselors to not let anything prevent you from offering and providing the very best services for your students. I think that the national model is the way to uh, bring quality services to the students that you serve and to the teachers and to their parent and to the parents of these students. Um, I, I can't, you know, uh, tell you enough how important it is to, um, if, to, to be able to set up 
the type of program that where students are going to show an improvement in their achievement. And when you do that, you're working together with your uh, staff, with the teaching staff, with the administration, uh, locally there at your site, and also at the district level. So it's, it's really letting people know how important the this, this services that school counselors can provide are for our students. Thank you, Kathy, and I want to thank you professionally and personally. You're a dear friend and a wonderful colleague, and I appreciate you greatly. Oh, thank you so much. So now we're going to turn our conversation to talking to Rebecca Pianta. Rebecca, hello. Hi. So, Rebecca, before you begin, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about you. So you're going to humbly sit while I read all these beautiful things. Are you okay with that? Sure. <laughs> uh, Rebecca has dedicated her career to supporting students, parents, school counselors, and other educators by serving in various roles over the years, including as a school counselor at elementary, middle, and high schools. She's been an administrator, an adjunct professor in the school counseling program at Chapman University and Brandman University. And currently, Rebecca is the lead professional development specialist here at the Hatching Results with us, and she's coordinating the Counseling and Student Service Support at Capistrano Unified School District, where she oversees the district-wide comprehensive data-driven school counseling program and behavior support services team. And due to her, Rebecca's diligent leadership, four schools in Capistrano Unified earned the recognized Ask a Model program ramp designation this year. Congratulations. Thank you. And further, in 2019, she was recognized as California School Counselor Association Advocate of the Year. Um, and that is through CAS, the California Association of School Counselors. But prior to that, you were also the Advocate of the Year for Orange County. I was. <laughs> so we, want, we just interviewed Kathy Rapkin, who told us uh, a great deal about all of the ways in which you were able to really quite thoroughly and professionally navigate your way uh, to, with the school counselors in that program that despite their high ratios and despite the challenges that were there, you were able to begin to implement a comprehensive school counseling program. And I'm here today to ask you to really share with us a little bit of your story behind that and what, um, what the situation was when you came into your role that led to this work and where you are now. So if you could give us a little overview of that, that would be terrific. So, yeah, so I was hired about four years ago, um, going on almost five at this point. Um, as the district lead counselor, I was moved up from the site level at the high school to the district level to be able to create a more um, comprehensive program and also to standardize processes across the board. So as the lead counselor, my first priority was really ensuring that I understood the needs of students as well as understood the needs of our school counselors so that way they could effectively support students. We were able to conduct student needs assessment across the district. In addition to that, we're, I was able to conduct a professional development needs assessment for our school counselors. And through that, I was able to learn kind of what are some of the areas in which they wanna learn more about and created a professional development plan to be able to support um, those needs. And data was one of the top needs that was identified that they really wanted to kind of show the impact they were having, but didn't really understand how to utilize data effectively. And so a vast majority of our training was tied around that work and helping our school counselors really understand how to 
not only analyze it, identify students through it, um, but also kind of help evaluate the impact that they were having and be able to share with stakeholders, which we're able to do across the board. Also create an advisory of school counselors that can also provide feedback to ensure that the needs of our students were truly um, being being met and you know help kind of just advise us just how to support students as a whole and what we can do to strengthen our school counseling program so our school counseling advisory was made up of school um, school site leaders that were school counselors uh, just to be able to come and share their their valuable feedback about how we can strengthen our program so through their support we're able to create a more comprehensive program that is truly data driven in which we were then able to kind of share and educate our st stakeholders about the impact and value that school counselors within our district have. So I want to take you back to the time when you decided you were going to go to the central office. And what was the current ratio of school counselors at that time? Um, our school counselor ratio, I was at the high school, initially started off as the only, as the only high school counselor. <laughs> hmm. um, and fortunately, our district started recognizing that of course, that wasn't enough. I think I had at that point about 1,500 or th almost almost 3,000, almost actually 2,500 students, excuse me. And unfortunately, our district was able to hire additional counselor, and that's where Kathy came along, mm -hmm. and she and I were at the same school. Um, and of course, because only two counselors at that point um, for about 2,500 students was not enough, um, one of my major reasons for wanting to go to the district level is to try to make a case for the why and why we needed more support. The ratios at that point, like I said, when I left, um, it was about 1250 um, students to about one counselor. So I've been training school counselors in this type of work for many decades, as and you are doing this work as well. And one of the biggest challenges we run into when we talk to counselors about using data and being accountable and getting in classrooms and doing interventions and these types of things is we get a lot of pushback. Well, my ratio, my ratio, my ratio. So I'm wondering, as you did this, did it occur to you that people might push back? And if so, did they? And if so, what did you say or do to address that? <laughs> That's a great question, actually, um, because yes. And initially, to be honest, I was kind of under that same mindset about the mm -hmm. ratios that, hey, this is not possible. Um, we can't even look at, you know, trying to implement the Ask a National Model just because of, of the current number, numbers and the circumstances. Um, but then, of course, when I started, um, when I when I moved to the district office, I was able to kind of allow myself to to attend professional development that will allow me to enhance my skills. And of course, we had you you come down to our district and, and train our school counselors as well, too. And then kind of just seeing uh, the, the, the little that we can do with what we had um, made me have hope for what's possible. And so we started small and, and just mm -hmm. showing just, you know, with something manageable within what we were already doing, being able to measure that and, and be able to show the impact that it could have. And when we're able to show that and start to get the attention of district leaders and, you know, key stakeholders and parents and things like that, we're like, okay, well, let's, let's take it up a notch and let's see, let's see what we can do, you know, and see if we could really, really make this happen with, with our current numbers. And so started out with a, um, with a small cohort of school counselors who wanted to kind of start this process with me just to be able to see, you know, what is possible and kind of sharing with them that, hey, you know, we'll take it one step at a time um, and, and and not look at, you know, the full picture. And so each month we would meet and just do small components of the Ask a National Model. And literally within a year, they were able to implement. And I know typically they say it takes about three years, but really within a year, we were able to implement 
within their sites, they were able to implement all aspects of, of, of the Ask a National model. Um, so again, for me, I think it's what helped is starting small and seeing successes and celebrating successes. And then the other piece too was, you know, the Ask a National model can feel overwhelming. So it's taking one step at a time and making it into manageable um, steps. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we were able to do um, to get us to the point in, you know, in which we were able to, to, to have our schools implement it fully. And then also giving planning time to our school counselors, because I think because our ratios were so high that a lot of times at their site, they were bombarded with response services. And so having them have time away from their school site in which they could actually plan, stay focused, get the training and support that they needed, really helped them be successful. What you're speaking to is really the need that we have for someone to be at the central office who understands the role, who can support the counselors, serve as an advocate, you know, be in the types of meetings where they can continue to promote and market the appropriate role of a school counselor while bringing the counselors along at the same time. It's crucial. I mean, I don't personally think I would have been able to do it if I stayed at the site level. I mean, coming to the district level has been able to give me so much insight in knowing who the key influential stakeholders are um, at the district office, knowing, you know, through them being able to, again, take that time to help educate them, utilizing our counselors to come to those district leadership meetings and educating them about kind of what's helpful. Being a voice at the table, I mean, just by doing that alone and kind of sharing the impact our school counselors have, I was invited to be part of our LCAP planning committee. Um, So now I have a seat at the table uh, when in the past we've always kind of like crossed our fingers and hoped that someone would speak for us. And so, you know, now that because we've been able to share the impact that our school counselors have, we have actually been invited to, to come to these key decision um, meetings and, and, and be part of affecting change just district-wide. So for our listeners who are not in California, the LCAP is our local control about accountability plan. And in California, districts put together these plans that really help guide their expenses of personnel and, and to monitor their outcomes. And, and so a lot of the decisions made are, are very local decisions and people will fund what they value. So, Rebecca, as you think about your role as Advocate of the Year, I just want to step back a minute and say, as a counselor, how does that make you feel? I was shocked, but it makes me feel good. Um, it, it validates uh, the, the work that, that we've done. Again, I, you know, I look at this as a team effort that really was a, with a group of our, our school counselors working together, not just school counselors, but also our administrators as well, too. We had the support of district leaders advocating for us. We had the support of our very powerful PTSA legislative group um, who I didn't, I would not have discovered <laughs> if I would have stayed at the site level, but I was able to kind of identify that our, our, our district did have a, a, a PTSA, which is a parent teacher um, a advisory group, kind of like PTA at the school site, but at the district level of, and their job, primary job is to be able to advocate for services that support students. So through them, I was able to learn who they were, come to their meetings, educate them about the role that we play. And they were a huge source of support for us in writing letters to legislators. And, you know, again, you know, speaking to our board and superintendents about just the value and impact, as well as needing more supports for school counselors. Along those lines, I want to talk a little bit about what's happened since you've gotten a ramp and what's the good news you want to share with us. Um, So since whenever we were notified that our schools were ramped, um, fortunately, we were able to share that information out with um, across the district. In the state at the time, we only had, I think it was 
about, I think it was about 12 schools or 10 schools who had ever been ramped in the state of California. Fortunately, um, because we were able to get four in from our district that year, um, we had the highest number in the state that we've ever had, which was seven um, total ramp schools throughout. And so since that point, it got, it did receive a lot of attention, a lot of publicity in that, wow, what, you know, what are our, our counselors doing? And, and more so than, than we've had in the past to the point where our school, our, our superintendent became an avid promoter of the Ask a National model and stated that, you know, she does want to implement this district wide and, and do what she can to, to help us build capacity and having more supports to be able to do that. So how has this uh, impacted school counselor ratios? So yeah, so because of that, um, our district is now planning on um, having hiring more counselors and reducing our, our, our ratios more than half to be able to ensure we're able to implement it district-wide and, and make it manageable for our school counselors. Okay, so I'm gonna um, pause and say, say, let's say that again, like I'm super excited. Because <laughs> we're going to reduce council ratios by what did you say? Yeah, so so again, just because they see, they understand and they see the value, they will be reducing it um, by more than half, just so that way they can we can start doing all that we can to to implement the national model to, yeah, to help ensure half. the success. Like, that is amazing, and you say it so humbly, and I sit here so excited because to imagine that a district now is going to double the number of school counselors and to reduce the school counselor ratio by more than half is incredible for the students you serve. The opportunities now that present itself are truly remarkable. Yeah, we're we're really excited. I mean, this is what we've been wanting for the last four years, working really hard, um, you know, long hours, <laughs> long weekends, um, but it's really been all worthwhile because ultimately our, our goal is to really help all students reach their fullest potential. And by doing this, it really will will allow us to do that. So so everyone's excited. It's at this point we're, like I said, in the process of kind of planning what, what that's going to look like. Um, and, and of course, continual training um, that, that that will help support our school counselors to ensure they they're successful. So it does really drive the message home, though, that you don't have to wait until you have the national average or the national recommendation until you can begin to implement the ASCA model. And I think that's the message we want to drive home, that by, with the support of leadership and, and advocacy, which is exactly what you've done as Advocate of the Year, you were able to improve the programs and policies and outcomes for students in your district and now reduce ratios. Yep, that's what it is. Again, start small, right? It's like, do what's manageable. Um, Think positive. <laughs> um, really, that, that, that's what it think. Is think positive. Continue to share. Continue to build other advocates by, by sharing the work that you're doing, getting their feedback. Um, and, 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 and really, if you're able to, to do that, anything, I believe anything is possible and you don't give up. Rebecca, what are you most proud of? I'm, I'm most proud of where we've come. I mean, I've been in, specifically, I've been in our district for a really long time. And like I said, a lot of people thought it was not possible um, just because there's a lot of, you know, politics that go along with it. Um, but again, for me, you know, our, our, our district mission is, is, is really an unwavering commitment to student success. And so for me, what I'm most proud of is that I did not waver. Um, I stuck through it, even though it was mm -hmm. challenging. And I think that's the piece that a lot of people to do give up um, when faced with these challenges because, you know, it's, it's what people think is the impossible. But what I'm most proud of is not giving up, um, really ensuring that our school counselors stay motivated. Um, we have an amazing group of school counselors who, who work so hard 
um, and, and really able to help them be passionate about data. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you go into the field of counseling, you're, you're not much of a data person. But I think for me, it's just changing the mindset, helping them transform their mindset from not necessarily seeing the value in it to not only seeing it, but then being able to kind of utilize it and, and share it, sharing it out with others. So I think for me, it's changing mindsets, um, not just from our school counselors, but also all of our stakeholders. Because again, in the past, we were kind of invisible mm -hmm. <laughs> um, at our district. And so now just making us visible. And, and usually we are the first ones who are called upon when it comes to mental health or any type of um, issue or concern. It's kind of at this point, it's like, yeah, what, you know, how can we get our counselors around this issue to be able to, to, to help support? And so I think just helping others understand the value that school counselors hold, I would think, is, is my proudest, um, my proudest accomplishment. Well, I am certainly excited that we've had an opportunity to hear from you today, Rebecca. And I wanted to know if you had any examples, suggestions, or ideas to the counselors who are listening to our podcast today. Do like, you have any message for them on the importance that they have, or perhaps a counselor, educator, or administrator who's listening to our podcast today about the importance they have in being an advocate for their program in addition to being an advocate for their students? Um, so I would say... Again, start small, at least for school counselors, start small, um, do what you can to, to, to show uh, the value that you bring to a school site. The other thing I think a lot of times the school counselors, school counselors work in isolation. Um, and when I say isolation, not to say that they're not collaborating with others, which they are, um, but of course you can't bring about success for students without that. But I think collaborating and the fact that having input about your program, I think the school counseling advisory is a huge part of that. So having others be able to kind of hear about what you're doing and be able to provide suggestions. I mean, for me, just going through the process with our school counselors who implemented it, um, they were able to get ideas um, that, you know, out of the box ideas that they would have never thought about without getting their feedback. So again, getting that um, started and, and inviting key people to it. I, I know a lot of our, um, some of our board members attended um, our advisories to get a better understanding of what school counselors do. And through that, they were able to, again, on, on their end, advocate for, for more supports because they saw the, the impact they were having. In terms of counselor administrator um, or counselor administrators, as well as uh, counselor educators, specifically for counselor educators, for me, um, when I was going through my, my master's program, I didn't get a lot tied around advocacy and how to advocate effectively in leadership. So I would definitely say um, strengthen in um, counselor education programs on advocacy and having assignments tied around that and practical experiences that students can actually apply and having them pose like challenging cases to them and see how they can work and navigate through that so they can get used to it. And how to be an effective leader. Um, as school counselors, in order to transform a, a, a school, you have to be able to be an effective leader. And so learning those leadership skills, you know, what emotional intelligence entails and, you know, developing those skill sets, I think, will be valuable um, and really help prepare them. For administrators, is just making sure we are staying connected with our school counselors, identifying what the barriers are. As a district leader, you have a prime opportunity to be able to educate stakeholders at the district level who, you know, make those key decisions. And so making sure you're that voice, you're that person at the table. And if you don't have a seat at the table, again, find, find, find a seat 
um, make, make a seat, seat for yourself. That's right. Go, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Pull them together. Rebecca, you are phenomenal. And they certainly did pick the most amazing human to receive this award as Advocate of the Year. I want to thank you as a friend, as a colleague, as someone who has trained with you and has seen you in action. I'm thoroughly impressed by you. And I'm just grateful that you took the time today to share with our listeners the ways in which you've been able to accomplish something that some people might say wasn't possible, but you've done it. It can be done. And we hope that others will learn from this and continue to move the profession forward for the students we serve. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share this message with everyone. Well, I just loved interviewing her today, Felipe, didn't you? I know, it was so inspirational, especially when it comes to school counselors using their powers as leaders. Yes, and as we think again about our Happy New Year and all the things we want to do with making resolutions for our new year, I think about that personally, professionally, but also in our role as school counselors, as leaders and advocates. So to all our listeners out there, if you haven't made your New Year's resolution for yourself in terms of your professional identity or role as a leader advocate, now's a good time to do so. And as we think about our podcast for this year, my resolution is that we make sure we give our listeners what they're looking for. So if you're one of our listeners and you have an idea for a podcast, please don't hesitate to email Felipe at podcast at hatchingresults.com with your idea for a podcast. And maybe, just maybe, we will we'll do it. What do you think, Felipe? That sounds awesome. All right, to all of you listening out there, whether you're counselors, administrators, or people who just love the role of school counseling, we wish you a very happy new year, and thanks for listening.